welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we usually break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. But this is a very special sponsored episode. Uh, this one's going out to our very first uh, subscriber, Megan S. Thank you so much. Um, she picked this one, and we are going to dive in and analyze everything about Shrek 2. Joining me and helping out on this very special bonus episode, we have longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Enough, Reggie. <laughs> also helping us out on this one, because this is a mini-episode, we've got our social media manager and the face of Dave. Dave. Hmm, you're still an ass to me. <laughs> All right, well, sit back, relax, and grab your magic potion as we dive into Shrek 2. Yeah, this one, um, there's going to be a lot of needle drops in it. I wonder, should we put in every needle drop that they have at some point? That might be fun. Yeah. There is 10 discrete needle drops, and that's basically when it's the actual song, not a version. But yeah, 10 like full songs in this baby. All right, so Shrek. This movie was released May 19, 2004. Stars Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, Julie Andrews, John Cleese, Antonio Banderas, literally every fucking buddy. So this is a follow-up to the 2001 smash hit Shrek. And both of these movies, for better or for worse, totally rewrote the whole landscape of animation and Hollywood in general for, like, the next decade, basically. I first saw this movie. I saw it in theaters. I think I got free passes or something. Uh, me and a friend of mine went to go see Shrek 2. So I saw this one in theaters. When did you guys first see this movie? Oh, boy. Probably when it came out. We've gone far enough into the future where I'm old enough to have seen this when it came out. I'm sure I went with a girlfriend or something. What year did you say it came out? 2004. 2004, yeah. I probably went with a girlfriend to the movie theaters. I was of a, a date and age, and uh, Shrek <laughs> is a pretty solid date movie. It's You know that there's nothing going to be too challenging as far as, as suspense and any type of scariness. It's just a good old-fashioned family movie. Mine was a date as well. My now brother-in-law is uh, 16 years younger than me, so I rented it from Hollywood Video, and I was <laughs> able to... To show it to him. I, this is the, probably the first time I've seen it all the way through. I, I fell asleep when I was showing it to him. You're probably putting him to sleep. Maybe. Uh, Worked. Effective. Yeah. At least it put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam, this is just a narrow cast for you specifically. This was one of the free movies that year that Kennywood would give out during like, oh, that, yeah. that time. So, yeah, me and, uh, me and a lady friend went to go see this one on KP's Dime. Oh, you know what? I bet you that's when I went to see it as well, now that you say it, because I would have been working there in 2004. This was the year Shrek was everywhere, because this came out in May, and by the time summer hit, like, Shrek 1 was a humongous hit. This one blew it out of the park, but still, so we knew a wave was coming, and, and Kennywood all that year, the our local amusement park, I worked in the games department, and all the prizes, all the stuffed animals were Shrek-related. So many pusses, so many boots. Mm-hmm. The Donkey Dragon children were a big hit, thankfully supplanting the family guy. <laughs> uh, 
this movie starts out same as the first. It's got the, a storybook intro. This time it's being rehashed, though, and told by uh, – I think Prince Charming is doing the telling here. Pretty fun. I like these. I, I like the way this one ends better than in the first movie where Shrek literally wipes his butt with it. But this opening I really enjoy of Prince Charming going on a quest, crossing the rivers and going through the mountains. And this was my biggest laugh of the movie both times that I've seen it now. When Prince Charming gets into the castle and takes off his helmet and fucking slow motion whips his hair back and forth. Oh, that yeah. Was... First he takes his hairnet off that he has underneath his helmet. Yeah, I was going to say you skipped the hairnet. And then he uh, busts out that monogrammed perfume bottle spray to spray in his mouth. There are some huge graphical improvements. People can fondly remember Shrek, the first movie. And all I will say is just hold that memory. Don't go back and watch it. You're not missing anything. It looks like an N64 cutscene. In this one, though, the quality is much improved, and I think they're showing off because Puss in Boots has that really dynamic fur and Prince Charming, his hair, and the rest of the actual humans. The Uncanny Valley is not as strong as something in, like, Toy Story. So, like, I feel like they're really trying to feature those flow and locks and uh, good look. Well, kind of good looks. It's still a little haunting. This was a bit of a gauntlet throwing to Pixar, right? I mean, no animated series really did all that well that wasn't Disney or Pixar. DreamWorks came out and said, F you, I can do this too. Interesting you should bring that up. Jeffrey Katzenberg was a longtime Disney guy, and he really bucked under the system because for years he was trying to do this kind of stuff with Disney. Referential humor, like toilet humor, needle drops. He saw the success of Aladdin, which was primarily on the back of Robin Williams's genie. And that got him thinking, well, fuck, that was such a hit because of that. Like, we just need to make that the whole movie. So he left Disney and came to DreamWorks and Shrek was his project. And there are many overt fuck yous to Disney in Shrek and also in this movie. In the beginning here, we'll we'll see Fiona fucking chuck Ariel back into the ocean yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They had it out for Disney. This was a actual direct fuck you. They got Lumiere's in it later. Mm-hmm. That, oh, there's so yeah, many references so many. in this. Cramming them in to such a degree that I was, I was kind of getting a little fatigued by the end. <laughs> but certainly I enjoyed it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um now it's kind of blown out because of stuff like this and Family Guy and how it's just like reference, reference, reference. You do have to give it up because this literally started that trend and made that so popular. Stuff like this and Mike Myers' kind of mentality as well, like Austin Powers has a lot of that. This has got that same kind of energy, I feel like. So Prince Charming gets to the castle. Fiona's already gone. But who's there? The big bad wolf dressed as Granny yes. reading Pork Illustrated which has a pig in a compromising position on the front. That's a pig in a thong. Yeah, that's so a, I was... a thong on that pig. <laughs> Basically like food porn for the Big Bad Wolf, right? Because <laughs> he eats pigs. So he's not like turned on by them. I would think that, except the thong really belays that. Because like, I'm with you. They're in the buff. Or do they look like they could be cooked? They're tanned. I don't know. And he's eating pork rinds. Bacon flavor. He's got his chicharron. Oh man, I love a chicharron. Aldi, man, they got to, they got some pretty good spicy chicharron. Yeah, maybe he has some confused emotions about it as well. You shouldn't play with your food. That's the big bad wolf's whole thing is he's confused about everything. 
He even calls him a gender-confused wolf. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how well that aged. That was like a big punchline later at like the very end, and I was like, ooh. Anyway, point is, Big Bad Wolf Godmother. is, is, Come on. is looking at, at Sexy Pig magazines. Yeah, so there's there's some ooh, what is it? it's a so he he's he's lusting after the th- it, but he also wants to destroy right that's a that's a that's a commentary on the patriarchy right there. <laughs> oh, shit. I, don't know. I think that's a reach. <laughs> Shrek two maybe not so woke but maybe maybe no two thousand four woke. Anyhow, cut to Shrek and Fiona on a honeymoon, and here's where the reference Palooza begins, baby. Oh, they're staying at uh, Hansel's Honeymoon Hideaway, which is, mm-hmm. uh, which as you can tell, is a chain of honeymoon locations because you can see the hillside. There's a bunch of gingerbread houses that people are staying at for their honeymoons. So pretty lucrative business that Hansel was able to create from his own trauma. I have here during this montage, take that, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe I wrote that when um, Fiona was flinging Ariel back to sea. Another problem I had. Well, maybe I didn't say that I had a problem in the first place. A problem I had, Little Red Riding Hood, and during this montage, comes to knock on the honeymoon hideaway. And when Mm -hmm. she sees Shrek and Fiona, she freaks out and runs away. Why is she knocking on honeymoon suites? There's a big sign for it outside. It's like this. There's no way this is grandma's house. Red Riding Hood has boundary issues. This is a honeymoon suite. Best case, you're going to see real actual people having sex. Like, worst case, I mean, this is a world where there's anthropomorphic animals and whatnot. I mean, I feel like ogres shouldn't be that horrifying, one. But why is she knocking on the door is the main thing. Solid point. Solid point. We never see her again. So, yeah. We got some Lord of the Rings stuff. Spider-Man, Peter Pan. And at 5.12, I had to check the time code. (laughs) It took them five whole minutes to get to their first fart. And during that fart, you see that they've captured and enslaved a race of pixies just mm-hmm. to light Tinkerbell. just to light their little farty mud bath. So pretty uncool. Well, maybe they were there. They were there? They were in jars. Well they've been captured. Look, this is a theme that runs throughout the whole movie. These are all bad people and Shrek is the worst. Yes. So this is the first anti hero series, if you ask me. Maybe Donkey's okay. Donkey and the Queen, they're okay. But that's almost it. Doesn't Donkey run out on his pregnant wife? Well she was moody. Well, he he didn't know, know she was that. pregnant. She was brooding. Also, she's a dragon. Very scary Maybe. stuff. She's I think if you had a dragon wife, you could give her space. Yeah, you give her some space if she's moody. Dragons are isolationists. They spend a lot of time by themselves. Also, maybe it's kind of like a cat hiding under the front porch situation. She went and dug herself a cave in the highest mountain. I don't. I, I don't know. She seems pretty pleased though. I do love that. Dragon's the best part of this whole. The giant characters in this series are the best part. But spoiler alert, Dragon basically doesn't show up at all in this movie until the very, very end. Yeah. It is the coolest. Right. Supposed to feature heavily in this movie, but test screenings had the dragon scaring kids because the dragon was moody. So they had animated some moody dragon scenes that never made it because it would scare kids during their test screenings. Of Donkey being shunned away. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's excellent. Great. Once Shrek and Fiona do get home, they see that Donkey's been in the ogre house, as it were, mm-hmm. um, kind of on the lamb at their place, hiding out from his, now we know, pregnant wife. Wife? I don't know. <laughs> it's just Donkey and a dragon. Yeah, I don't know. His mate. His mate. We have to take this seriously. It's his wife. This is what we're into here at Nerdy Plexi. We're going to break this shit down. We're going to get to the fucking bottom of it. Whatever it takes 
FBI be damned. Although we are now on an FBI watch list for even podcasting about Shrek 2. Yes, that is that is true. It, that's an immediate red flag. Jeff Bezos <laughs> gets an alert on his phone. He he fucking calls Bill Gates, and then they they put the Illuminati lizard men on us. Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Shrek 2, this is what Shrek's doing to us. Okay, so then they figure out the donkey situation. They're trying to bone, and donkey won't get the fuck out of the house, which, woof, I... I hate the look of these beasts. I get that they're ogres. <laughs> I get that they're ugly. I fucking hate looking at them. And I believe, now this is my thing, I believe that is why this movie revolves around them becoming human again. I think that's the whole conceit. I agree with they're you like, we need to make a sequel, but I fucking hate looking at these things. Like, I get it. It was a great first movie. The ending is perfect. They're only, like, really monsters for the last two minutes. But... As a couple, I cannot watch these two monsters fucking smooch. But then three and four, they're not humans again. People got used to looking at them. Well, it made a billion dollars, right. so. Money. 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 Dearest Princess Fiona, you are hereby summoned to the kingdom of far, far away for a royal ball in celebration of your marriage. Saying, come back, we want to check you out, or whatever. What do they call this? Like, well, they do that shit with, like, debutantes where, like, they, like, present you or whatever. So they need to, like, come present themselves to the court. And immediately, Shrek's being a fucking weenie about it. We are not going, and that's final. This is my favorite part in the beginning, I think. I like this in a lot of different cartoons. I'm sure it's a, a common trope. He goes, no, I'm absolutely not going. And then the smash cut, they're going. Hey, come on, Shrek, we don't want to hit traffic. I like that bit in every single thing that it's in. It's good. That's a good. Yeah, they compromised. He didn't want to go. She wanted him to go. They compromised and he went. And uh, I know Eddie Murphy does a rawhide, like an ad-libbed version of rawhide. And that's the part they use in the movie. They were supposed to record him actually trying to sing it. And they just went with the craziness that he said before they left. Yeah, milk him hard, I think, is one of the things he says during that. Knock him out, pat him dead, make him teeth, buy him drinks, meet the mama, milk him hard, raw, hey! Yeah! <laughs> okay, milk him hard. They're on the road in their onion carriage to far, far away. So yeah, they go from that good bit, the smash cut bit, to a very bad bit about are we there yet? And it did not like, did not like that bit. <laughs> You're just too grown for Shrek 2. I could see what they're doing and I'm like, oh, okay. And then they're going to flip it and then they flip it. So that's like a pretty solid cartoon joke. So yeah, I guess I just aged out of that one. But then they arrive at Far, Far Away and it is a modeled after Hollywood. You see a sign in the hills, Far, Far Away, like the Hollywood sign. And then you get into the streets and there's all kind of references. Oh, man. I love the sight gags in Far, Far Away. Far Bucks. There's a Far Bucks on two corners. Right across from each other. Later on, they show people running, screaming from one Farbucks to another Farbucks. So there's there's your commentary on the uh, prolific nature of Starbucks. But you also get Burger Prince. Mm -hmm. You got uh, Baskin Robin Hood, <laughs> Saxon Fifth instead of Sax Fifth Avenue. So Saxon. And the old knavery for Old Navy. <laughs> but my, my favorite is... That's very good. My, my favorite is uh, Fee-Fi-Fo Schwartz. 
Oh, like FAO Schwartz. Instead I like that FAO a lot. Schwartz. Yeah. Jesus. I didn't, I didn't catch I, that. I missed that one. FIFO Schwartz. There's also an, like a movie poster for Lethal Arrow 4. Oh, it's got Robin Hood on it. <laughs> Lethal Arrow. Okay. All right, Strike 2. You're turning me around here. So this is another needle drop. We got Freak Out and Funky Town as well. And they do a big unveiling. They arrive at the castle in their onion carriage, and they release the doves. And then it's uh, Shrek and Fiona, and everyone's like, um, they ugly, though. And then Donkey's like, I'm just going to fuck off and park the carriage. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead? I'll park the car. Pretty good. He does leave them hanging. That's a very good bit. This is really Donkey's time to shine, I will say. The fish out of water stuff with Donkey is magnifique. So yeah, the parents come up and they're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, yeah, this is my husband. is Shrek. He ogre. I'm an ogre now. And they seem shook about that. But didn't they know? Isn't that why they locked her away? Because like they locked her away expecting Prince Charming to find her. And then he was late. Prince Charming was late. Yeah, but did they know about her ogre? They knew about her ogre stuff. They though. caused They it. knew she's an ogre at night. Okay. But okay. if she had kissed her true love, Prince Charming, before she turned to an ogre, she would stay a person forever. So they assumed she got married. That means oh, Prince Charming must have found her. She's a person all the time, no uh, longer to transform to ogre at night. I see. I see. They just assumed that everybody else would. That's a fairy tale. I see. Now, okay, okay. This brings up an interesting fucking point. Because I always just assumed that she was just an ogre. That was the goof on the first one is that she is an ogre. The curse was broken and her humanness. It depended on the who the true love was. So you think it was smooch, smooch dependent? Yes, as is this one where they, by the end, they, mm. I don't want to get too far ahead, but mm. was smooch dependent on whether or not it happened before midnight or after midnight, whether they stayed human or turned back to ogre. Interesting. All right. You'd turn to your true form depending on who your true love is. Huh. Interesting. So she was probably always supposed to be an ogre because the fairy tale concept of soulmates and what have you. But her parents thought she was supposed to be a person. So yeah, she was fated to be an ogre. That's kind of what I always understood. But I always thought that even if she was kissed by her human true love, she would go back to be an ogre. She would be Ogre Fiona because that's who she really is. No. I would watch that movie. Because when she, in the beginning of the movie, she does a bunch of ogre shit. When he, she makes like a lollipop out of spider webs and bugs and stuff. She hands it to him. Then she's like, mm, 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 mm. she's like pretty good. And she's into all his farting and, and bullshit. Remember, she spends every night as an ogre. I think she's also a tomboy. And that's why they were like, she needs to find her true love. So I, we got to hide her away. And have someone fight to get her. No, see, she spends every night as an ogre, so they put her there. She knew she turned to an ogre at night. Yeah. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> okay, interesting. They knew she turned to an ogre. Write us, nerdaplexy at gmail.com and nerdaplexypod on Twitter. Let us know what you think. This way you never start on the sequel. We should have done Shrek 1 first, but... <laughs> five bucks a month just wasn't enough (laughs) yeah you know what if you want to tell well we can get into it but whatever you want to hear about email or get at us on twitter yes yes or if you if you want us to do shrek 
five bucks a month, baby. That's all we'll take. Subscribe at anchor.fm slash nerdaplexy, and that will get it done. While we're taking a brief break to talk about that money, let's go make a little more. Okay, so now, have you guys ever seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Any of the variations thereof? I have. Uh, I only saw the Ashton Kutcher the, version. The flip-flop. Yes. I believe the original was Sidney Poitier. Ah, you are correct, sir. And so that is basically the premise of this movie. So the Ashton Kutcher one's actually just called Guess Who? Mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer, I want to say. I was thinking Bernie Mac. Is it Bernie Mac? It's Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Anyhow, <laughs> it's dinner time, baby. Here we are. Well, I really like the lead in where they're each finishing each other's sentence and kind of going off in divergent sentences. Oh, yeah. Very, very clever stuff. And I'll edit it in right here. Well. He's no Prince Charming, but they do look... Happy now? We came, we saw them. (laughs) Now let's go before they light the torches. (laughs) They're my parents. Hello, they locked you in a tower. Hey, that was for my own... Good! Now here's our chance. Let's go back inside and pretend we're not home. Harold, we have to be... Quick, while they're not looking, we can make a run for it. Shrek, stop it! Everything's gonna be... A disaster! There's no way you can do this. But I really, really, really don't want to be... Two different conversations that are completing each other. The switch is... I I feel like this is the showpiece of the screenwriter, of where he started and worked everything around to this point, because you're right, it's a clever bit of writing. I wonder if it has a lot to do with... They always have these exact things at the end of Austin Powers movies, but they're, like, about penises. It's like... (laughs) It's like, because there's like a big satellite that's shaped <laughs> yeah. like a penis. And they're like, have you seen the, and it's like one-eyed monster. And it cuts to the circus performer talking about an actual one-eyed, like a cyclops. And then, you know, and it's like, get your nuts here. You know, it's like all of this, like very phallic back-to-backs. Phallic back-to-backs. I think it's a back-to-front. Ball-to-ball. Anyway, so dinner time. We get the awkward dinner scene with, uh, with Shrek, Fiona, mom and dad. Harold and Lillian, I believe, are their names. Mm-hmm. They constantly are obviously at odds with the fact that Shrek is an ogre and not a human. But you do find out later that it was hypocritical of the king because he used to be a frog prince. And I'm only mentioning that now because I'd seen it before, but I caught it this time because his wife's name is Lily, which I thought was pretty funny. And they show a lot of stuff in the movie where it's like a poster of him standing by like lily ponds, and it's constantly mentioned throughout. But you don't really the realize it decor. Until you find out later. Yeah, everything is like frog related. Did you catch the frog in the uh, poison apple who said, uh, "Oh, don't I know you from somewhere?" I missed that. And he says, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." So everything goes bad, which leads Shrek and Fiona to fight, and Fiona leaves in tears. Everyone's kind of being an asshole, like I said. Shrek is being really rude and and the dad is being very rude. Because like you said, I think this is hitting a sore spot for him. A lot of personal stuff going on here. The only person who's being a good dinner guest, honestly, is Donkey. He's being a perfect gentleman. When they cut to him washing his little hooves in the thing that that Shrek (laughs) believes is soup, very good. Very good. I like it all the way. Yeah, so Fiona's tears summon magically her fairy godmother in her first appearance here in the main antagonist of the movie. She has a song, jaunty little tune. Voiced by Jennifer Saunders, and she sings all. Yes, indeed. Of, uh, I believe, uh, quite a, quite the famo she is. Yeah, she was in Absolutely Fabulous and all that big 
British stuff that you have to be really, really British to know. Put in a big band here. Bong, dong, dong, dong. <laughs> but my favorite part of the song is she mentions her sexy man-boy show for Kyle. <laughs> He's a pretty great character. Kyle's great. He shows up a bunch. His little jumpsuit says Kyle on it. It's a good piano player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that song's pretty good. All the furniture comes to life, um, but it's also a little bit sinister. And yet again, even after that, they have another scene and Shrek steps in it again. And then then we get to see the real kind of hook here. And apparently, as Sam mentioned with the whole frog of it all, Fairy Godmother has got some shit on the king. And speaking of hook, there's a hook playing piano, and I believe it's Tom Waits. It is Tom Waits. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Waits here, and I think later on it's Nick Cave singing the next song mm-hmm. as Captain Hook. So we find out that he's in cahoots with the fairy godmother. <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's indebted. They, they, he goes down to the poison apple, and this is where we see this scummy bar of all of the fairy tale villains, and fairy godmother's in the back there. They had this thing, they set it all up. The king decides he's going to hire an assassin to take care of Shrek. And just solve the problem so that Prince Charming can marry Fiona. They'll be humans and handsome again, and everybody will be happy. Yes, and the reason why Shrek wants to be a human, he sees Fiona's diary and all of that, that she always dreamt of marrying Prince Charming. Yeah, not a great look. She has a poster of Sir Justin. Sir Justin, yep. Which is funny because Cameron Diaz was dating Justin Timberlake at the time. They said they didn't know that. They said they didn't, they didn't know that when I put in the gag, but yes. If you were going to put a like dreamy night gag in there, it's got to be Justin at this point. Mm-hmm. JT, come on. Oh, yeah. Another great sight gag, though, is the fairy godmother takes Harold to Friar's Fat Boy, which is big, big boy, which is another thing that's heavily featured in Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah. There's a lot of crossover there. With the giant axe that he gets with his kid's meal. His medieval meal. Mm-hmm. Stupid. But yeah, there it is. She's got a flying limo carriage. And she's also kind of like this mafia boss, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's pretty chill. Her magical empire that we see later. The next kind of set piece, the king comes to Shrek and is like, hey, yeah, we fucked it all up. Let's go hunting very early in the morning tomorrow and meet by the old oak tree. And then he's like, I know Fiona would want us to do this. Shrek's like, fuck, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I love her. Her farts are so stinky. Her earwax is great. I don't know. He's fucking gross. So he decides to do it. They go out. Donkey. Donkey. Donkey comes with. Donkey. Donkey, y'all. Donkey comes with. And he. um, You have to say donkey comes with. (laughs) No, it's going to be donkey. So Shrek and Donkey, they're in the woods. They're looking for the old oak. They're lost. No, you got to yeet Donkey out the window here. Well, now that's it's too many times now. Now it's now it's no, it's not. You say you say donkey and Shrek are walking through the woods. Well, well, (laughs) look, if we have to, we'll cut it in a post. They head out to the woods. (laughs) You just say it, and then we don't have to. And they're set upon. (laughs) They are set upon. Stop my puss in boots. No, see, okay, so the set piece is donkey and Shrek are walking Mm -hmm. through the woods looking for the spot that. Harold told them to meet at, and the old oak. they've walked around many times. They do not see him there. So Shrek hears some purring, oh. and what is and that? he's and he says, "Donkey, are you purring? Like I, you know, I know we had a moment there, but Donkey, you know, that's kind that's of a, what are you going to do? Why hug me? Very, very. Uh, I don't know if it's homophobic. If it's it a donkey, is. it kind of it, well, it's kind of. I don't know. 
it is certainly toxic toxically masculine yeah toxic masculinity faux show it's so interesting because we're it's now 2001 uh or 2001 2021 now 2001 go back to time but yeah like it's one of the things that doesn't seem like a long time ago but it was like 20 years man almost 20 years it's it's nuts so anyhow right so so donkey says donkeys don't purr and he says what do you think i'm some kind of and then puss in boots shows up so he's like saying what do you think i'm some kind of uh what are you talking about i ain't purring oh sure what's next a hug hey shrek donkeys don't purr you think i am Uh, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Well, he's a puss. It is a puss. And right. Antonio Banderas did the voice in the Latin American version, too. He voiced it for the Spanish. I would love if he spoke English still. Oh, my God. On... Perfect. Well, he- here's what you do. You give subtitles in the American, and then you put the English. Like, you do it Pokemon style, and you put the. Yeah, you just lost. I mean, we don't have a big crowd, but you've lost half of them, all six. <laughs> the po- Pokemon style. Wait, 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 wait. We're this is a podcast called Nerdaplexy. We're talking about Shrek That's Two, true. and you're gonna try to tell me that someone listening to a podcast about the movie Shrek Two does not also <laughs> know about Pokemon, aka the Japanese pocket monsters. So, yes, there is an intersection there. You're right. I was going with that. So anyway. <laughs> What's the Pokemon style subtitles? Because you lost me. Well, you put, no, you like put Pokemon. um, you put um, uh, you put the English in the Spanish, and then the Spanish in the English. Oh, I see. Pocket monster. Okay. So Puss in Boots shows up, and they start a kerfuffle. A super short kerfuffle. He does all mm-hmm. the cat stuff. He claws up some legs. He climbs into his shirt, and he does a little alien reference where he shoots out of his. Mm-hmm. out of his shirt like he's shooting out of his stomach and then shrek gets the best of him it seems inevitable right he's a little cat and shrek is a gigantic ogre well he was so confident to your point it was a very short fight you'd think that if they were going out of their way to pay this guy who's like a hitman, that he would be so good that he could best an ogre but... he's the only one that could beat an ogre and then it was like like 10 yeah. seconds of fighting so the fact is no one can beat an ogre um puss advocate over here so I believe what happened here is that Puss in Boots could have killed him, certainly, because he didn't use his sword. He just went at him with the claws. I feel that he was won over by his tale of woe. Maybe he's eavesdropping, and he wanted to help, but he does turn on a dime in a second. can't remember who says it, but uh, Shrek or Donkey says that. I say we take the sword and neuter him right here. Give him the Bob Barker treatment. Oh, my God, for more. Bob Barker reminding you, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Goodbye, everybody. <sighs> Reference, baby. Um, another possible view is that it's all part of, initially, all part of Puss in Boots' plan. Because you see he uses his cuteness to get out of every situation, not necessarily his, his prowess. Right. So it does seem a lot like through the whole entire movie he's placing himself as a better friend than Donkey, as a better companion. You could have probably drawn some nefarious thing from that if you wished to, but I think that he was just too darn cute that they were like, yeah, you know what, he's just a he's just a sidekick. Yeah, the first scene when it's just the eyes in the dark, it's like, oh, that's fun. But also mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to consider this. They're trying to sell this. They're trying to sell toys. They want kids to buy Puss in Boots. They don't want kids to be scared. There is no universe in which this has not been 
focus tested to hell and back to get everything just right all the scenes the right timing like just enough spooky to fun for kids this is the most toyetic kind of movie that has come out since tmnt2 right we cut from a real cute puss to that bichon frise that the fairy godmother created licking fiona's nose and she thinks it's shrek (laughs) but shrek is gone is that true i'm like what does shrek usually lick her nose in the morning There is no, I I don't want to speak for all women, but I cannot imagine no woman I know would want to be woken up. Because if this is fucking Shrek, if this is fucking Shrek, like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, they're still in the honeymoon phase, I guess, I guess, I guess. But what the fuck? Because that's a trope. That happens a lot. There's no time in my life when I want to be woken up by being fucking licked. Get out of here. Never. That happens in movies all the time. It'd be like a rhinoceros in your fucking bed. And like, ooh, baby. <laughs> I'm not going to open my eyes. I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy this rather large tongue. <laughs> this is where Shrek goes to find the yeah, fairy godmother's he, he out potion the, factory. The or whatever. And yeah, they go, they go pay her a visit. You're going to skip kicking Donkey in the nuts and making him cry onto the card? Oh, yeah. Donkey does kick Shrek in the balls. Because he thinks he's kicking there's the so cat. Many nut, there's so many nut shots in this one scene. It's yeah, a lot of nut shots. They do built a lot of an nut industry stuff. on it, honestly. But they have to make Donkey cry so that the answering message will come up from the fairy godmother. So they can Oh, find... right, 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 right. Sorry. I thought you were talking about no, Donkey's uh, kick to the nuts. Puss in boots. Donkey does kick Shrek in the nuts, and then Puss in Boots kicks Donkey <sighs> in the nuts to make him cry so that they could find out that they can go to the fairy godmother's little shit. Factory. I thought he stomped him on the foot. I didn't know about the nuts, the nuts of it. It happens off screen. I assumed, I assumed. I just assumed nuts. Maybe you're right. <laughs> My head goes straight to nuts, I guess. Like, this is a good question. Uh, at the face of Dave. Does Puss in Boots hit Donkey in the nuts or simply step on his toe? Or does he maybe claw his leg or something a little less nefarious than a ball kick? Inquiring minds want to know. So they get to this factory. Shrek does some shenanigans. Says he's part of the union or something to get past the guy at the front desk. And he's not making enough money, you know. Uh, so Shrek's able <laughs> well, to sneak like, in. Honestly, in that, in that guy's favor, this is a fucking ogre. So literally, like, this is like a D&D style ogre. You, What is he going to do? What's, what's his? Like, oh, you know what, yeah. honestly? actually, Yeah, just... Shrek rolls for intimidation, and it's a great yeah. success. <laughs> he's, he's nine <laughs> feet tall. He's 800 fucking pounds if he's an ounce. So they sneak into the factory where, I guess, is that like the prototype for the minions, those little guys? It must be. It must be. People must yeah. have really enjoyed that. And like, well, how can we cute that up a little bit? Yeah, because it's got a real, that's yeah. got a real minions vibe. Gnomes in rubber suits. So they find the fairy godmother, and fairy godmother wants nothing to do with with Shrek and nothing to do with helping him because he's an ogre and ogres don't get happy endings. Ogres don't live happily ever after. Yeah, she really, she really puts a bow on that fucking point, doesn't she? <laughs> she sure does. Throwing books at him of fairy tales where. There are no ogres, and that's why it's a happy ending. Ah, pee 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 pee, Princess Cinderella. There we are, lived happily ever after. Oh, <laughs> no ogres. Then Shrek says, fine, fine, you don't want to help me, I'll help myself. So they find a room where all of the potions are, and they are trying to find something that would make Shrek human. And they send Puss up, and they ask, Puss. Do you think you could get to those on top? And he says that, uh... One of my nine lives, I was the great cat burglar of Santiago de Compostela. (laughs) Evidently a particularly acrobatic cat. 
is this more of like a Buddhist thing? So I always thought cats having nine lives was about durability, but not about reincarnation. I always put it in the Michelle Pfeiffer of it all, where you would have died, but now you're just back to life. Like the extra right. lives kind of yeah, scenario. Yeah, right. Like yeah, but game. instead, this film posits, this piece of cinema posits that cats are reincarnated. And so Is that the plot of fucking Cats the Musical? Is that what a jellical cat is? <laughs> oh, God. I have no idea. I have no idea, but, but hey, hashtag release the butthole cut. <laughs> Please get at me with that hashtag. I don't know what I'll do. I'll pin your favorite oh. tweet. Please get at me with the hashtag. Release the butthole cut. <laughs> so I apologize if I stepped on what you have here, but some of the stuff that Puss finds up there. Mm-hmm. One's a toad stool softener. Okay, yep. yep. Which is funny. Hex lax. And you see on the conveyor belt, there's Fiagra. That's a good one. Which I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't have a whole lot written down for this movie, so I just wanted to make sure I got in that reincarnation right, bit. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, hashtag the butthole cut. Release the butthole cut. Release the butthole mm-hmm. cut. Mm-hmm. I think we could get Idris Elba in on that. I think he will be like. That's what really got the Snyder cut. I think is the actors really like vying for it. Are you kidding me? I think Idris Elba has it. He's the one gatekeeping it. I'm certain Dame Judy Dench has this cut. No, Idris Elba has it too. These are the the powerful people that are <laughs> that are guarding also, this. You cut. know, get at us, guys. We're with you. Um, we want to help you. Idris Elba, Dame Judi Dench, please. T Swift, hit us up. We'll make it happen. I'm sick of watching this dang movie and having to imagine the buttholes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it really takes me out of it. I'm deep in the world of like a jellical cat. You know what I mean? I'm in it, and then like I see them turn around and no butthole. There's no butt. No asterisk. No Where do they poop out of? That creates a whole other nightmare scenario for me. It makes me so mad. I just want to take off my skin to reveal other skin underneath of my skin. What is that story? I have no mouth and yet I must scream something like that. I have no butthole and yet I must shit. <laughs> and let it, yet I must <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, scary stories to tell in the dark. I have no butt. I have no butt. Shrek, he gets the potion. We do like a little jailbreak, and he pulls the thing and smash the thing. Uh-oh, Donkey wasn't doing it right, so Donkey fucking, what an idiot. Whoa. They do a chase, and then this is where this really turned. This really turned for me. Shrek is trying to get away from these workers, and they're shooting arrows at him, and he's fleeing, and then he knocks over all the potions and just turns them all into bullshit. Yeah, you, that's what I was saying. You see Lumiere in, in this movie. That's because they turn one of the workers in, yeah, whatever. Clockworth that. or whatever. Wadsworth. Cogsworth. Codsworth? Cogsworth. <laughs> this is Shrek, so I'm sure the little hands on that Cogsworth face were, in fact, Cox. Pointing at six and nine. Nice. They really got an axe to grind against Fuck Disney. Fuck you, Disney. T- telling you. Look at Katzenberger. Yeah. Um, is that his name? Katzenberg? I don't... No, it can't be. <laughs> Kat- Katzenberg. I think Fra- it's Katzenberg. 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 Jeffrey Katzenberg. You're right. That time. Not Katzenberger. Just make... I'm just hungry, I guess. I just want a Katzenberger. Yeah. <laughs> at least about all cut. All right. So Shred gets the potion. And Donkey tries it first to see if it's safe. And then Shrek drinks the rest of it. And then there's some... He spits uh, some of it up onto a mushroom. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. That's a good... I like the, the mucus there. It was a cool 
cool kind of uh, graphic there. Anyhow, yeah, he drinks a happily ever after potion, and they don't read the fine print, but they drink the pochan and fall asleep, and they wake up handsome as hell. A cute button nose, thick wavy locks, taut round buttocks. We're sexy. So there's three milkmaids trying to triple team him. I want to rub his shoulders. I got it covered. Thanks. I don't have anything to rub. <laughs> well, get in line. <laughs> Some three maids that are uh, very interested in his new looks. One of them is mm-hmm. Jill from Jack and Jill because she fetched him a pail of water. And they do say that her name is I like Jill. that two um, of them promise to be true and, and one of them promises to try to be true. Pick me. I'll be your true love. I'll be your true love. I'll be true. Enough. I mean, I appreciate that honesty. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, yeah, then needle drop, baby. Changes. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. David Bowie liked the cover of that song so much that he supplied backup vocals. Oh, that's nice. I love that. Yeah. As a cover artist, I love well, that. That's a wholesome, fun fact. Staying a legend. All right, so Shrek's back, baby. He's handsome as fuck. Also, Donkey is a horse. They stallion. They're making moves. Everybody's loving it. He gets back in the house, gets tricked, trapped. And Fiona gets duped into believing that Prince Charming is actually now Handsome Shrek. And Handsome Shrek gets gaslit into leaving because he's an ugly man. And then that leads to my one of my favorite bits of the whole movie, which is knights, which is just cops. And they're chasing the white Bronco, which is a reference to OJ, which <laughs> seems so past time for them to make that reference. Ten years late. Be a decade late on that one. But still pretty great. Still funny now. And there's a little police brutality bit that Eddie Murphy does. Instead of pepper spray, they have like a pepper grinder. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty good. That's, pretty that's good. a good bit. And they plant catnip on Antonio Banderas. Or I don't know if they plant catnip. They find catnip on Antonio Banderas. And he says, he's not mine, which is pretty funny. I think during the, the nights thing, they say like, people with a devil may mare attitude, which is also funny <laughs> to me. So the devil may care. Horse you know what? This this is a movie tailor made for you. They're, the puns are like out of control. It really is. Yeah, it's back to back to back. You can't even joke do puns on this movie because they've done all of the puns. Oh crap! I forgot. Whenever they met Antonio Banderas, it was a meat cat. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> They're drinking their worries away at the bar, and Puss in Boots is drinking his milk. He says, "I hate Mondays." He's doing a Garfield thing. <laughs> Also, the uh, the voice of the ugly stepsister at the bar is Larry King. Mm. Really? How did I miss that? Puss hates Mondays, and um, Shrek overhears. What the what the fuck? He overhears the king plotting with the fairy godmother to get them to do a smooch. She gives the king a love potion with the Roman numeral nine on it, and says to give it to Fiona. And the next person she kisses, she will fall in love with. So now we've got a double smooch going on charming needs to kiss fiona and shrek needs to kiss fiona or their handsomeness now will evaporate obviously by midnight because fairy tale fiona's not having it though she kind of is getting the vibe that charming is kind of sus king goes to her and drugs one of the teacups and apparently drugs her but spoiler maybe he doesn't he doesn't if you pay attention to the cup that he puts the stuff Mm -hmm. in Whenever she reaches for that cup, he specifically is like, oh, no, no, that's mine. You think that he's saying, oh, no, that's mine because he wants her to get the one. But really, he's obviously had a change of heart. He doesn't want to drug his own daughter. Right. Seems weird. 
Right. Seems weird. Seems like a bad look. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is fairy tale stuff. So like people are doing weird stuff to parents, children, each other all the time. Rather grim stuff. Hey, hey, <laughs> beat me to it, buddy. <laughs> it was right there. But yeah, so like you said, the night's cops show. All the fairy tale creatures at Shrek's house have been watching TV and they see him. They're like, oh shit, Shrek's human now. We got to go to the rescue. And we got Pinocchio. They put a little bit of uh, Game of Thrones logic into this one. Game of Thrones season seven, I believe, where in the very beginning of the movie, it takes them forever Uh, to get to Far, Far Away because it's Far, Far Away. But they see this dude on cops and 700 miles away, they're there less than like... 15 minutes later. Yeah. They just, just arrive. Like, Maybe they use magic this time. They use the magic of the needle who, drop. Who's magic? Mission Impossible's magic. Well, they use the Game of Thrones magic where you have Jon Snow who's like, he has to, he has to, it took them like a year to get away from Winterfell and it takes him like, like uh, 20 minutes to get all, back. All, all, no, all the way to King's Landing takes him fucking like two days. Oh, yeah, yeah. King's Landing. Yep. Super quick. Got to tell you about this zombie problem. I just watched that scene today. It's strange that it came up on my YouTube. That's strangely fucking prescient. Anyhow. That's how the algorithm works. It finds out what I'm going to talk to you about later, and it <laughs> suggests the video it's, for it's, you. It's, it's minority report for fucking YouTube videos, I guess. Great use of that AI, fellas. Could have, like, solved climate change or some shit, but just feed me fucking media clips I watched years ago. They free Shrek. He's out of here. Anyway. They do some shaming of Pinocchio and his and his um mm-hmm. his ladies wearing underwear. Them. Yeah, I mean, like he's wearing them, so I feel like they're his although underwear. pretty good gag though. Uh, yeah, pretty good gag though for him to say like just say you're wearing ladies' underwear, and he's you know he's like ah okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say it. Then they're able to bait him into saying the right thing. Like, are you you are you really no? And, then, you know, and they grow his nose, yeah. and they are freed. By a gingerbread man. So they come to his rescue and they decide that they need to go to Drury Lane again to visit the Muffin Man to make a big old gingerbread man. With a cute button nose. It's fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. Here we go. We've got some more songs. Holding Out for Hero. Good good song. Good version, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. This soundtrack is almost as good as the first one. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I like it. These are all great songs, but it's just, I just. And mostly it's just because of what came after this, I guess, is what makes me sad. But, like, yeah. Because um, they have, like, original songs. Like, that's kind of, isn't that enough? Isn't that, isn't that fucking chilled? Just having that? Do I need to hear Led Zeppelin in your animated movie? Like, whatever. Whatever. I'm I'm up. The answer is yes. It's made a billion dollars. It made a billion dollars. <laughs> this is the highest grossing movie. We are so far have made $5 a month. <laughs> that led us to do this episode i think i trust their decision to put to put the music in as they as they please so shrek and the boys launch an assault and they've got their big mongo who is let me just say the best part of this fucking movie he's a very big gingerbread great. man they do an assault it's going okay then my boy they sacrifice mongo i mean he wanted to help but you see him later he's okay he's just in the water still. Sir, I would point you, unfortunately, to the Shrek wiki. If you look that up. <laughs> oh, no. That's a cursed sentence. I'm going to point you to the Shrek wiki. It does have an end date. Born 2004, died 2004. Wiki Shrek. Oh. On Wiki Shrek, 
Also, they have a skinny Shrek, which is really fucking funny. But if you look up Mungo. Deceased. Status deceased. Status deceased. <laughs> but they do say he's gender male. So, what they don't show you in the Stop. movie is his big Stop it. ginger Stop. red wiener. Ginger peen. Couldn't stop him. Yeah. He's got a ginger peen. He's yeah. now, unfortunately, fucking dead. My man. Deceased. He comes back as a zombie in the Thriller Night um, rising from the grave. Oh, see? Well, that's good. So, I mean, I guess that's fine. He does. He does recur. He's His race is gingerbread shy. <laughs> what I like is that in the wiki it has it has his appearances and then it has the subheader later life. <laughs> he lived for one day. <laughs> what happened in his later life? Mongo also sang while in the moat. He sung "Live in La Vida Loca." It's likely that he uh, it's unknown. What, it is likely that he is dissolved likely. by the water in the moat, leading not a guarantee. But he comes back. As I a love zombie. the internet. What the fuck? Who who made this? Personality. Unlike his much smaller counterpart, Jinji, Mongo is known to be childish, slow-witted, and unintelligent, thinking that he can drink from the giant Farbucks coffee cup replica. Ultimately, he is good-hearted, sacrificing himself to help Shrek and his friends enter the castle and save Fiona. But he had no mental acuity. His skills and abilities, enormous size and strength. He didn't know he was sacrificing himself. That's my that's my thing. He 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 was just like such a if he didn't have like Lenny vibes, I feel like I would have thought a lot better about him being him dying and like they got his fucking gumdrop button and everything. This poor guy. I guess it all depends on timeline, guys, because he has some video game mm-hmm. appearances. He's in Shrek Super okay. Slam as a stage. <laughs> and battles are fought on a giant birthday cake he carries, and he makes a cameo on the suburbs of Far Far Away track from Shrek smash and crash racing. Okay. He walks around the track, and if any careless racer makes contact with him, their cart will spin out. And Mongo also appears in Shrek Pinball in the Shrek plug-and-play TV game. So I'm so sad I turned you on to Wiki Shrek. Uh, yeah, this is the rest of... I don't have anything else written down here, so this is just Wiki Shrek from here on okay. out. Let's finish well, the movie, and then we'll go to Wiki Shrek. Mongo dies. He's dead in the water, status deceased. And in a final showdown, the king takes a magic blast to save Shrek and Fiona from the fairy godmother, and it reverts him back to his true form, Hedefrog. And he mentioned it many times earlier, as we said. He said that, you know, how Shrek should want to change for Fiona, and she said she'd. She doesn't want Shrek to change, and he said, you'd be surprised at how much I changed for your mother, your yeah. mom. You know? The overall message of both of these movies, I feel like, is pretty good. Shrek finally fesses up and tells Fiona the truth about the handsome potion, and they choose to be ogres. Then we play a little La Vida Loca, God help us, and jump freeze frame. That's mm. the end. You might I understand that half frog person plus human equals ogre? I think there's a whole other story that's related to why she's ogre from the first one, and I don't want to misrepresent the okay. first movie because I will receive death threats. That's that's true, and that's a probably a good cautious a good cautious move for you. Here's the real question. Here's here's what I want to know: the love potion changes you, right, and your intended true love. Mm-hmm. Donkey drank the potion. Mm-hmm. What did dragon turn into? I'm glad you asked. Oh, okay. Because, okay. I'm glad you asked because kids asked uh, at the premiere. So, I mean, whereas I never even considered it, 
Reed and some children <laughs> wanted to get to the bottom of it. Company, uh, good company, y'all. But I think I can't remember who it was that revealed that during this time, Dragon turns into a Pegasus. Oh shit! Mm, I, so winged horse. Oh man! Oh, okay, okay, all right. I get that. I dig that because, we'll like, see. I mean, she's into like a donkey, so like that that tracks for me. Fuck. Shrek 2, guys. This one, like we said, this was a fucking smash hit. The budget, $150 million. $30 million went to Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz. So they got ten a cool 10 mil to make this movie. So that was the budget, 150 The opening weekend, it made 108 so pretty good. The U.S., Total was 441, and worldwide, this baby made $929 million. That is gross. Uh, <laughs> wait, there's some Shrek stuff here. <clears throat> okay. Oh, no. Well done. Cr- critical reception, it's went, went over pretty well. I mean, this is just, I mean, it's a very serviceable movie. It's a, a kid's movie that parents can watch. So, like, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's pretty chill. Meta score on this one was 75. The tomatometer reading, now here we go, 89%. Hell very yeah. tight. The audience score lower, 69. Much nicer. <laughs> uh, nice. But I wonder if that was on purpose. If they're like, it's at 68. <laughs> we have to get it. Have to get I could see, up. I could see the, you got to pump those numbers. It's wild that production of this movie started before Shrek 1 was done. That is wild, considering you said it does look way better than the first one. So how is that even yeah, possible? Yeah, they, they I mean, invested. It, I guess that's a testament to how quickly the technology is advancing and was advancing. And how much money you're willing to throw at a problem. Do you know what I mean? Um, so once they saw how big of a hit Shrek was, they're like, all right, we, we're going to make another one. Because I feel like Shrek was just a one-off. Like, okay, it may work, it may not. It hits big. Because it's based on a property that no one's really heard of. We normally do a comic convergence here. <laughs> But this is a, a kind of a storybook convergence. There is a book called Shrek, and he does a lot of Shrek kind of stuff. He's very strong. He breathes fire, and that's kind of the plot. And he rescues Ugly Princess, and that, that's his jam. He likes ugly stuff and gross shit. But, yeah, they put this thing directly into motion as soon as they figured out what it was and invested a lot of time in making the people look better and getting the fur and hair simulations just right. Yeah, I, I read that they made a whole new program dedicated to getting those hairs just right. This is certainly a, a leap forward. For all you can say about it, it's crude and it's crass and things like that, but there is a lot of artistry going on here because this is one of the first fully CG movies that didn't look totally buck wild. I mean, Handsome Shrek is still kind of weird looking, but he looks like... He looks like a person, and I mean, human Fiona is looks like great. I mean, all of these characters, the Julie Andrews, the, the King, they don't look strange. It doesn't really take you out of it. Watching this now, 16 years later, the cracks don't really show. This still looks like a CG movie that would be made today. So, I agree, mm-hmm. and I think it's almost as charming as the first one, which you don't see except for in like Toy Story to Toy Story 2, where they don't lose much of the charm of what they were doing originally. It was, it was really well done. I think their kind of heart was everybody's kind of was in this 100%. I feel like especially like these folks are making 10 mil. They're not phoning it in anymore. They're like, all right, I'll give you my all for a cool 10 mil. It goes down smooth. There's lots to love for a lot of people here, which leads us to our next segment. Who did you guys hate? 
Who did you love? It's who's your hero, who's your villain. Anybody want to go first? I'll go, and my hero is Hansel. Um, <laughs> they show you Hansel as he's entering the ball, and he's still a child. He hasn't grown up any since his fairy tale, mm-hmm. and he has this extremely lucrative honeymoon business. Yeah. And like I said, he turned that all out of his own personal childhood trauma, being attacked by the witch, tried to be cooked by the witch. Now he makes um, candy houses. You know. Yeah, so talk about, you know, life gives you lemons. Uh, he made lemonade. There you go. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. My hero is Donkey for sure. He's the only one who Junkie. is... Donkey is my hero. He stays kind the whole time, does his best to move Shrek forward as a ogre being, not a human being, but, you know, try to make him less of an asshole. Donkey is <laughs> definitely the hero of the franchise. I agree with that. He's he's very annoying, but he also he can go from annoying to being lovable just like that. No surprise here. My big hero is Mongo. My dude's only been existing for like two days. Also, he traversed a great distance. He gave his everything to reunite these folks, and he also did a pretty good bit with the frothy milk. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So Mongo, Mongo's my hero. All right. Well, we're so now to Mongo. Yeah. Your frothy milk. Now, villain. Uh, I guess I'll go here. I think I, I'm going to go ahead and go with the fairy godmother. I love her schemes. She's built a whole fucking empire. She's almost done it. Problem is she's got an idiot son, and she's also the antagonist of a movie. So that's pretty tough. She does lose her cool at the end, but I feel like her scheming has really put her on par with any animated villain that there is. And she's, she's a union buster. Yeah, a union buster. I feel bad for her because she spends her whole life making all of these potions, and yet she still feels the need to diet and not eat at Friar's Fat Boy and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, obviously, like that's all stress eating and yeah. stuff. And, she, you know, she, she likes to stay fit, but shouldn't she be able to make a potion for that? I don't know. My villain is Puss in Boots. So I absolutely love Antonio Banderas in this role, but his character, A, is a very bad hitman. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't He's do anything man. he was he was paid to do. <laughs> shit, man. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, he he doesn't do he doesn't do what they paid him to do, and he then befriends the person he's supposed to kill, or I don't know if he's supposed to kill him or what, but at least stop him. He befriends him, and he's a bad friend because all he does is try to make himself look better next to Donkey. So his whole deal is like diminishing his other friend to make himself look like a better mm-hmm. friend. And that's not a very cool thing, Puss. I had two villains set up. I was Fairy Godmother 1, and then I was Puss in Boots 2. So I'm coming in with a fresh, improv villain now, the king. I mean, it's obvious that he was the antagonist, but his main role was to hide who he really is and that everybody should hide who they really are instead of just being your true self. So it was more nefarious even that he was doing this to his own daughter. So I think he's a good villain. Yeah, he is. I think he has an, a real arc, though, because he truly believes that people should want to change for each other. And by the end, he finally realizes, oh, no, this is crazy. My daughter was happier when she was an ogre than she is now as a human. So why am I putting this on her mm-hmm. whenever it, I've done this myself to change for your mother? You know, right. it's redemptive. But, yeah, I could see he does a lot of pretty villainous stuff. His cowardice and his inability to change back is what keeps him working with the fairy godmother in the he first place. He hires a hitman so. to kill his daughter's husband. 
Yeah, um, but he, but he thinks he has to. He's he's under this, as you said, mob boss, who you know he thinks you know if I don't do what she says, she's going to turn me into a frog. My wife's going to leave me. My life's ruined. So it's either him or me. Mm-hmm. Well, he is certainly a villain. He makes amends so that he can appear in the third and fourth and probably fifth movie. I don't know how many there are. This is certainly the last one I saw. Uh, I know that more of them exist. Oh, dude, you missed some good ones. But three isn't that good. Four is great. What's the one? I I remember seeing like the cover art of one where they're like with a bunch of other ogres in like like battle garb. It's like Planet Hulk, like Planet Ogre or something like that. What? I don't know about that. I know he's got kids in the third one, and that's a big thing. But in the fourth one, I think he's like wishing he never had kids. <laughs> and it, or whatever. He has a bad. He has one bad day. That's his one bad yeah, day. I movie. get it. I get it. It's uh, fairy tale. Yeah, it's good. Life. Uh, okay. Well, there's plenty of sequels, and you know, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a world we'll watch those. But let me uh, ask you guys: Would you recommend this movie? Did did you did you enjoy yourselves? What do you think? Hundo percent. If you got kiddos, it's a great one to watch with kids. There's enough in there, sight gags and all kind of stuff that don't leave you wanting. I mean, you have there's stuff for you to laugh at as an adult. It's not like a perfect movie. It's not Citizen Kane. Never sets out to be, but it does keep you engaged, and it is a lot of fun. It's no surprise for me. I called the movie charming like 65 times during this record. I think it's a great watch. I enjoyed it, and I didn't watch it with kids. I just watched it and had actual laugh-out-loud moments the whole time. I really liked it. I feel like, okay, here's my thing. I don't I don't know that I enjoy this movie, but I can appreciate it because it's so finely honed. Like, this is a perfect kind of four-quadrant movie. This hits every bracket. The resonance certainly is humongous. Do I enjoy it? Because this wasn't for me. I won't sit down like probably to watch this ever again. But there's no denying that this is a, a good movie. I think it has, maybe I'm biased because of the impact that it had when people tried to copy it and just being inundated with much worse versions of this movie has kind of turned me on it, perhaps. But this is undeniably a smash hit. So if, yeah, like you said, I think I'm with Sam there. If if you got to put a movie on for kids that you can get a couple of chuckles out of, like this is it. There's a, there's a lot of kids movies that are unbearable. This one, this one's, this one's nice and easy. It's, it's a quick 90 minutes. It goes down smooth. I was accidentally in love with this movie. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate review and subscribe. You can hit us up at nerdaplexy at gmail.com or over on the Twitter at nerdaplexypod. You can also, this is a very special bonus episode going out to Megan S. If you want your very own episode, you can head to anchor.fm slash nerdaplexy and subscribe at the $5 level. Uh, Then you can um, message us uh, with an email uh, letting us know what movie you'd like us to review. Dave, where our friends reach you on Twitter? Hit me up at the face of Dave, and please hit me with that hashtag. Release the butthole cut. You can hit me at under, uh, pgh underscore read. Please do, and uh, see if I reply. We'll see what happens. I don't normally go on there, but give me a reason to. Sam, we can get you at 
PGH underscore SVH. Perfect. All right. Well, stick around. The next movie that you will be watching for this podcast is Warren Beatty's passion project, Dick Tracy. So be sure to check that out for next time. All right. Well, until next time, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Which cat was your cat in its past life? (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.